Until recently, you couldn't actually recycle a lot of GW plastic sprues. Yeah, and they're doing a test run in, in uh, London now, right? Yeah. But they're talking yeah. about it. They're, they're recycling sprues. The way that we're recycling material on the Squad Games podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, let's start that out. That was, a, that was a fun cold opening right there. But yes, they are starting a recycling program, which is which is nice. It's not necessarily the fact that you need that that it's like going back to sprues. They're not putting it back into sprues. They're they're donating that particular plastic uh to other industries. They just know how to chemically break it down. They can't purify it enough yet to uh you know to reuse it. We want to yeah. get that credit from GW bring in like 20 pounds of sprues get ten dollars mm-hmm. at gw <laughs> yeah that feels like something they would do well dakota how you doing today i'm uh, doing better than i was this weekend yeah why don't you tell us a little bit about it yeah i was playing in at the park with my uh with my son and i decided to try and jump over uh like a parapet that was like the size of me so i put my foot on the the thing and i tried to launch myself over to land and like while we were playing and there was a pole fail. and i could not i didn't <laughs> see it because i was wearing a hat drilled the top of my head messed up my neck fell down on the ground you know all the moms came over and was like oh my god is he dead are you okay it's good stuff do you think hats are in your future after that yeah I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with the hat. It's just I don't know who the who the who who would put a uh, a pole right there. Like if you if you just look at it, it doesn't make any structural sense of why there would be a pole right there. Just it doesn't have to do with the, the that it's the color green, or you know, I could see it. Yep. So, <laughs> but how about you, G? What you do this weekend? I finished painting one of the boarding action sets. So oh. I feel because this is a lot of work to sand everything down and put it together and sand it down enough so that once you put paint over the joints, they'll still connect without too much difficulty. Yeah, I believe Saya was also working on her two, two of the boxes this past weekend. It took her about three hours to cut everything out and sand a bunch of stuff. So uh, it's an endeavor, to say the least. And she didn't even finish the sanding part. It's a a lot to sand. It took me about like six hours. I spent a whole day just doing that. Is that for four sets or just two sets? That was just for the one box, which comes with two sets. Mm, And you still have another box. how, How excited are you looking forward to spending another weekend well, I'm not super crazy <laughs> about it, but but I've already figured out how to do it efficiently, so it won't be as bad going in blind. It's like when you paint your first test model, and then you figured out the colors and how to do it, so then the rest of them are a little simpler. I mean, I can tell you this. I think that uh, it's going to be exciting, us getting a couple more boarding action boxes, you know? Yeah, man. 
you know, finally uh-huh. run a boarding actions tournament, or even then just running more into the dark. So many boards. Yeah. It's a good time. Well, let's uh, <clears throat> let's move over to the topic of today. Yeah, we're we just got a questions bunch of on the mind, man. Yeah, a lot of questions. Yeah. A lot of questions. A lot of stuff happening this month. Well, building not a lot for kill team. later months. <laughs> not a lot for kill team. <laughs> no. Yeah, so we're uh, not going to we focus. A... Everyone knows if you're here just for kill team content, this episode will not be just kill team. If you're not here for just kill team content, we're also going to have stuff like uh, 40k. Uh, Shatterpoint, um, Lord of the Rings models, D and D, hobby stuff. So we got a lot of we got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of questions brewing on our minds today. Quite a variety show today, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, spend no more time waiting on that. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, we wrote up a series of questions for you, and we're going to go ahead and ask them to ourselves and give our opinions and what we think. So, really, we're literally just talking to ourselves. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, we need some dice. <laughs> Hold on, so we can roll dice too. Oh, oh, oh. I'm too far oh. away from mine. You got to get yours. Oh, oh here, 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 here. Oh, I heard that. That was awesome. <laughs> nice. So now we're rolling dice and talking to ourselves. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and start this off. Um, when it comes to the idea of games, and let's let's quickly look at Kill Team because that's one of our favorite games to play right now. Of all the factions that exist, which one do you think needs an update? In Kill Team. In Kill Team. Hmm. Which one do I think needs one, or which one do I think deserves one? Um, I'm, uh, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to say who I think needs an update and who I don't think Kill Team will be complete without is the Grey Knights. They are born Why? from the gene seed of the emperor, and um, I think that they deserve a little help. Um, I don't think that they're going to get any new models in the future, but I could definitely see them getting some kind of an upgrade sprue to make them a tad bit more interesting. How about you, G? What do you think? It's going to be a lame one, and they don't really need a whole lot of help. But Vetguard, I just think they need some archetypes. Veteran Guard? Yep. I think Vetgar just need uh, some archetypes. Okay. Not to say you can't win with security. You definitely can. But man, does every everyone else having like recon and uh, seek and destroy just makes it so much easier for them. Like they have the better options sometimes. Here's a hot take. Security is the only balanced option. The rest of them are unbalanced. Oh. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I do not think that security should be touched at all. I think everything else <laughs> needs to be touched. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's a, that's quite the hot take there, man. If mm-hmm. you, if, uh, if you disagree with that, um, yell at us on Twitter on, or, or you on the yell discord at us on Twitter, on Instagram or anywhere Instagram, on Twitter, yeah. discord, whatever, wherever you can find us online, go ahead and yell at us. Go ahead and yell at Dakota. I didn't say it. He did. <laughs> I'm going to talk more <laughs> about it later too. <laughs> what team do you, or teams do you particularly hate facing and why? I generally don't like teams with a lot of feel no pain. That usually means Nurgle, but I have nothing against Nurgle's abilities. I think Death Guard, Gellerpox are fine. I just don't like the idea of extra saves after you already had a save when it's in such a high amount. Essentially getting saves in close combat as well. Exactly. Like you're not supposed to. That's where you're supposed to die. It's just one of those gripes I've had. 
And it's not an impossible task. Like you can beat those teams. It's just one of those things I always go, mm, there's so much of it. It was like one, maybe two guys. I get it. You know, it's going to happen when it's around the whole thing. It, it starts becoming like a little annoying, but well, at the, the end of the, day, the Archon, just, you can give the entire dude. team six pluses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, thank, thank goodness it's only six. At least that's like one of the harder ones to roll. And to be fair, most feel no pains are just five up. So it's really not too bad. It's just kind of annoying. That's still like 30%. Yeah, you think you're like, all right, I definitely got him, and you go, nah, I saved like five of those. Uh, Especially when they have 18 right. wounds. <laughs> oh, <Killer> yes. Yeah. I could see your distaste, your distaste for something disgusting and re- resilient. Um, I particularly don't mind facing any team. Um, I think that if I had to choose a team, it would probably be like, compendium space marines just because i feel bad for my opponent and that they'd be struggling so hard against like going uphill against any team you know um i think that like their 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 design philosophy was just like super flawed um and i mean i don't mind facing void dancers i don't mind facing gellerpox or any of the, the 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 scary the scary teams i think that Kill team is still in a pretty decent state. Um, even breachers with their with their stuff. I think that the game is a lot of fun and a lot of balanced different ways. Um, I think that I would have more issues with players and how people play the game over in particular teams. So, yeah, that would be my mm-hmm. uh, my my uh, take on that. Makes that. sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Le- leading leading off from that, uh, what would you add or change? Since we kind of talked about security, about the security archetype. Once again, I'd probably make one or two changes to some of the core abilities because there's like there's a couple of them that are just like untakeable. Like hold uh, hold the line. I think it is the one that you're not allowed mm-hmm. to have anyone come into your territory. I think I think innately the only team that wants to take that is Geller Pox. And you take that into teams like um, Pathfinders or Vetguard who who want to be far away. Actually, you wouldn't even take it in a Vetguard because Vetguard also takes security and a lot of their stuff is like central control, you know, staying on the lines and stuff like that. So like that's kind of like one of the only things that I see it being particularly useful in because you're like, hey, I want to fight you. And if you don't fight me, I'm going to score points, right? So that's one of the few teams that I think can use that one particularly well outside of that. I don't think there's anything in security that I would really change. I think almost everything would be viable if you just changed everything to, you can't score anything until turn two, um, or you Mm. can't reveal secondaries until turn two. And I think there's also another big, big problem with, um, primaries, you know, like the fact that the game is just like both pit, and most matches both players can max it just feels it feels bad that in order to try and win the game you have to play to deny and i'm not the biggest fan of like wanting to just try and deny my opponent's points um i don't think that's that leads to fun games and in order to win the game 
Uh, it really just comes down to that singular extra point here, there, right? Or if you've already maxed everything, then you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to try as hard anymore because I've already know I won the game. You know, so it's kind of like you you either take one or the two sides. It's not t- typically like, I mean, sometimes you have a really competitive game when both when both players are going, you know, that. But you know, sure, retrieve absolutely. item, retrieve item needs to be changed. Uh, f- quite a few things need to be touched. Like I said before, I think security is actually in a really, really good place. Um, the fact that some of the things are difficult to score and security like forces you to come in with a game plan rather than being like, oh, I'm a pathfinder. I'm going to place this item here and I'm just going to run up and hold it. You want to come at me? Sure, my guy. Or you can have the freaking um, custodies just run up turn one and be like, yeah, do you want to get next to an 18 wound custody to try and stop me from scoring this point? <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, so like there are just certain things that are just too good or like you have to pick it up, you know, or something like that. Like there has to be other play because I think the game is just you just score points too easily. And I, I think it's I, I think that it's going to make the game get stale really quick. And that's just my opinion, uh, especially in Into the Dark, because it's just the same game over and over and over. It doesn't matter. How about you, G? I mean, for the most part, you hit everything I probably would have touched on. Just to add to the point, I definitely understand when you're playing against someone who's more competitive than you and you just absolutely get denied. So you're, I've, I've been on that side before where you're just kind of like a casual player and you just can't do anything you're trying to do. So you don't even have that like, at least in my head, I was able to do this many mission things. No, you didn't get to do anything. So you just sort of stood there and were grinding to try to do anything, and it just feels bad. Sure, competitive players are going to duel it out, but you know that's a different mindset. Uh, I don't think there is as many competitive players as there are more casual competitive that like to mm-hmm. compete but aren't necessarily going for the crowns all the time, if that makes sense. We also have to remember that with the new changes, it also makes terrain setup so much more difficult to have like a good terrain setup. I think that sometimes, you know, talking about secondaries and how maybe busted they are and stuff like, um, how easy everything is to score, you know, people don't think about the terrain and how it's set up a lot of the times, right? Like when you go to a tournament and there's a player place tournament terrains that, you know, like somebody who is really good at the game is just going to be that much better. Right. Yeah. Cause they'll stack it in their favor and they know how to counter what you're going to put on. Yeah. And I have the same I have the same issue with 40k in player placed. I just dislike it. Where I think in 40k though, since it's a bigger board, it makes more sense to have that. But I could see them kind of standardize some stuff. Whereas in Kill Team, um, I think you do need to have a board that's already set up, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because a lot of people on Reddit will always ask the question, does this look like enough terrain? Does this look like a good setup? So people are constantly trying to figure out how to make an optimized setup that doesn't just favor one side. Yeah, I I dislike that question because I feel like there should be and there is already a lot of examples out there. Um, and then, But you also have the other side of the coin when people go on Reddit or people go on Facebook and they're just like, I don't like Kill Team anymore because I get blown off the table turn one. It's like, well, it's probably because you didn't have any heavy terrain in the middle of the map or maybe you guys were playing the rules wrong. But it's not like you can go in there and, and necessarily say like, I mean, you weren't there, right? It's the same thing in a tournament. If you don't see something, it's it's hard to make a judgment call on something, right? So, yeah. So... Giacomo. Me. My guy. Uh-huh. Question number four. 
Which factions do you think are going to make it into the final Into the Dark box? Now, I want it to be this answer so badly. And I know it's not going to be this. But I want Gene Steelers and Terminators for the final set. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Games Workshop doesn't like us that much. <laughs> especially especially when they're like, hey, guys, look at this new 10th edition leak rumor. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a picture of a of a of a warrior's eyeball and a Terminator. Right. That's that, no. that's that's for 10th. It's got to be for 10th. It can't be anything else. It has to be. It can't be. It's all the rumors are all pointing to 10th. Um, How about yourself? That's what you want it to be. But what do you think it's going to be? Uh. I don't know. It's probably going to be some like Imperium team versus a Xenos team. Nobody asked for like, let's say uh, Zotes versus halflings. (laughs) (laughs) I could see the rattlings making a kill team. Maybe, maybe (laughs) I mean, it'd give me a reason to use all my hobbits again. There you go. Literal hobbits. Now with a more serious answer, what do you think it's going to be? Uh, I think it's going to be Death Guard versus Votan. You think so? It only makes sense that they start off the Into the Dark and boarding action rumors with a video of a space dwarf walking in. Um, and, you know, I th- I'm trying to think of a Chaos faction they would fight. I can't think of any Xenos factions that are really, really, truly left. Um, that... that absolutely are going to get a box and i I just think it's going to be death guard i mean it's an interesting take i feel like death guard kind of had like i i I mean i get what you mean because if thousand sons can get one death guard can get one too and i definitely agree with the voton thing when they first showed their thing they were inside what appeared to be a ship so that makes sense i mean it was a ship let's be honest it was a ship absolutely was a lot of days get in here Gotta blow this ship up. Ah. So, so do you, do you have any like additional guesses? Maybe like I don't know, so, some more you think might be coming up for those sets? Yeah, um, and then I'll pass it back to you. I've heard a lot of rumors, especially from Valrak, and you know, I've made up my own few, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I have no way of. Uh, of it's literally made up in my own mind and we'll just start off with those. Right. Um, in my own mind, we're going to be getting a Catachan versus striking scorpion. Box. I don't think so. I don't think in I, my, in my mind, in your mind. Okay. And I'll give you my reasons why. Um, when 10th edition drops, uh-huh. if we think about the release schedule, they're probably going to go in reverse order. Okay. So, from the rumors that I've heard, we're going to be getting Space Marines. We're going to be getting Tyranids. We'll probably get another Guard. We'll probably get another Corn um, release. And then we'll probably get an Eldar release uh, and, and, a, and an Imperial Guard release. And all of those releases will probably take us to close to the end of what I think is going to be Kill Team. Unless if they up it for another year. So. With striking with with um, Eldar and with Ka- uh, and with Imperial Guard both probably getting a new team, 
I could definitely see Catachans versus Striking Scorpions, but the real rumor out there is that it's supposed to be some sort of Exodite team. So it would be a Catachan, which is made up by me, um, versus Exodite. Catachan is just like my best well-educated guess okay. at something things that I have not heard. Now, another thing that I have not heard, but in the most recent boarding action ones, um, there has been a ton of talk about Men of Iron and AI. And I'm wondering if the Men of Iron or AI will get a kill team because, you know, Vashtor, Vashtor he, uh, in the most recent book, spoiler alert, in the most recent book, he's talking to an AI drive to take him to the rock and he works alongside AI. So it could make sense that even in the next box, it, there could be like a Men of Iron versus Votan. Oh, that, that would be, be cool. Flipping. Oh, that, would, that would make a lot of sense, too, because they use robots mm-hmm. and stuff. They, they do, oh, like yeah. evil robots versus good robots. Yeah, that could, you know? that could be dope. Um, yeah, and then we can all make a Wally model and just have <laughs> him be the cat model that no one uses. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness this this next rumor lines up with and remember everything that i say is a rumor is a rumor until gw proves us false and it's all lies until then right yep as, as Val everything is it's just fake it would be the inquisition versus a beastman box in some in a box called the ashes of faith i believe that's what he said um so inquisition obviously have some sort of inquisitor and probably some sort of team um, to go alongside him. What that may be, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Then we have uh, the Beastmen are getting, I've been, I've heard nothing about Beastmen for like, I don't know, like, like eight months, which seems to be right around the pipeline of these things actually coming out. Um, and the Beastmen of Corn in particular. So that could be a thing. And then the last thing that I've heard is uh, something about called a, the dark commune, which would be a team of probably chaos priests. Oh, like, the kit current yeah, kit is one. quite old. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite old. Right. Um, you know, we could probably see them, maybe them versus like a warp spider kit or something, you know, like, I definitely know another elf team is probably going to be coming at least another human, one or two human teams. I don't know if we're going to get any more space Marine teams. Um, maybe we'll get gray Knights. I would love to see gray Knights, but I just don't know. How about you, G? What are your, what, what is your guesses? You know, I really think Tyranids might get something, especially if they're, oh, yeah. if they're due for like Obviously. a range refresh, yeah, yeah. then what better time to also throw that in? Yeah, you know, double dip, definitely double dip that. that. I could see Tyranid, maybe like specifically just Gene Stealers, and you don't get Warriors. Now it's just Gene Stealers, and there's like different variations of Gene Stealers now. I think that could be cool because that that's that's yeah, like that they're sneaky, cool. sneaky teams. Um, I have a I have I have a feeling that like since Wormblade are there, I don't know if Gene Stealers are actually going to get the nod. I think that maybe one of their new, completely brand new kits could get a mod because I heard there's going to be three different types of Gaunts coming out. So maybe we see them oh, okay. or some kind of like a Lictor team, bro. Do you know how you know how fucking sexy a Lictor team would be? Like you get like four or five Lictors and like that's it, bro. Yeah, I could see Lictors being a thing too. But the the, the thing with Gene Stealers is they have more of like their own sort of brain. 
which is why I would think True. they would be kind of like the special forces to send out. Or you get a new special forces model that hasn't even been announced yet. Something completely, you know, completely left field. That could be cool, too. Yeah. That could be cool, too. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you already kind of guessed Men of Iron, because uh, we sort of saw a little bit of it in the, what was that one board game called? Mm, Blackstone Fortress. And you got the little robot. Yeah. And I could see, like. I'm just turning around and looking at it right now, my unopened box of Blackstone <laughs> Fortress. Yeah. I play that sometime. Um, that robot in that set could be a team. Like, you could get a bunch of different arms, different types of AI, and then, like, one master controller or something like that. That could be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see an Ogren team led by a commissar as the as the the leader of the group, and then you just have a bunch of Ogrens. That, cool. that could be fun because you do have Maybe, Ogrens, but not in like a full team on its own. You know, you know, it'd be awesome is an Inquisitor with all the dogs, <laughs> a pet co employee. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, we we call him. Um, we'll call him Peta. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to see another chaos team if possible what that would be not sure because you already sort of hit the big ones and you could argue that blooded isn't cultist so you might just have a cultist team you are right yeah so could have a cultist team that could be a cool chaos one and then maybe they'll have marks similar but not as powerful as legionnaires I mean how could cultists be different than blooded though? You know what I mean? Like just full melee, you know, like that's why I think that the, like, so for instance, a cultist team would be perfect with the dark commune because the dark commune is the HQ choice for the cultists in the space, in the, the cast space Marines codex. Right. So like you could have, you could have new cultists or the new cultists with like a new upgrade sprue of, um, you know, dark heretics that like to pull their hair out, you know? Yeah, that's that's another option. We won't have any vehicles, so I'm, I can't think of any vehicle ones. Like, you're not going to have... You might have mech suits. That could be fun. Sort of like they did in Necromunda, that one yeah. gang that has the, the suits. So maybe there's dudes who just have suits who are exploring. I think the Palantine Enforcers get suits. I think now. they do get suits as well. New. But that's too close to being Arbides. So I don't know if they're going to do that one, but it's, it's a guess out there. I don't think great nets are going to get one. I know, I know you're thinking, I don't think so. Cause you, you sort of make a yeah. point of like space Marines probably won't get anything else. And as much as I would love terminators, you're probably right. I don't think they're going to get anything else. I mean, what else could they get? Right. That's right. Really... I mean, they could, I mean, like seriously, like think about it, like what they're going to, I mean, they could do death watch an upgrade sprue for them. But I mean, like outside of them, like custodes are already doing good enough. Right. Um, and also it's been rumored that, you know, they don't really necessarily like custodes and kill team. Right. Um, I don't know if that's true whatsoever. I think somebody told me that at kill team open and I was like, Oh, that seems a little weird, but you know, let's, let's stoke the drama fire. Why not? Why not? Right. <laughs> I, I would like more legendary teams in the same vein as Geller Pox yes. and um, the Lucidian, uh, Lucidian Star Striders. Get a couple more of those. I would be, yeah. bro, I'd be so happy to see like Gaunt's Ghosts. Yes. Come I would in. love a Gaunt's Ghost team. Right? You already have the character. That's the whole team. You have to play it that way. Yeah. You have the six dudes and then you can just pick up the team of, um, 
you could maybe they have an upgrade sprue with like one other little kit that goes along with it so you can get up to like eight or nine models or you just right? get all six and like um, they're a special elite team i don't know with some ability yeah i mean that i mean they could i mean i don't think i've seen a seven to eight wound team ever be that low of count but who knows yeah maybe they'll have a lot of Good. defensive and hiding techniques yeah you know another thing that i could see is maybe like a chaos team that pulls from multiple teams because oh, okay. for some reason there's there there's there's tons and tons of chaos teams out there right now that just kind of seem like very similar right and i it could be cool to see like a chaos team that is like um you get a legionary of choice you get a um you know like two blooded of choice and you get you know Oh, a death guard oh, okay. So you know what I mean? So you're thinking more of like, there's an HQ. That's the, that's like, the team. And then you pick like, from all the chaos factions, break the mold, bring back some, some, some list building. That would be really cool. Yeah. Okay. I could see, I could see them do a list building thing like that. That could be pretty fun. I don't know if that would yeah. be in the, in the newest kill team set. It might come in its own, like other thing outside of into the dark, or maybe that's the finale and both sides get it. Who knows? Or it's, or it's going to be the, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in season three, right? Uh, yeah. Season three is going to be open board. That's all I know. I don't think they'll abandon into the dark, though. They've they've invested so much. I mean, they better not after all the terrain everyone's bought. <laughs> yeah, unless they're they're trying to pull a Watsy. You know, everyone's going to riot. No, I don't. I don't think they're gonna, literally. I don't think they're going to do that. Well, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of companies this year shooting shooting themselves in the foot, you know? So, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Look at SBV, you know? That's that's its own thing. We're not a... We're not an economic. We're not an economic podcast. Go jump over to to NPR. Find find some economic podcasts there. <laughs> so, what do you think is going to be in the new edition? Speaking of all these, like the new overhaul. When do you think that's going to happen? What do you think those changes are going to be? Do you think they're going to be dr- drastic or anything? So, yeah, actually, I would expect the game to have to evolve, like probably grow a new arm but still connected to the original body. So in the sense of the core rules are there, but the core mechanics change. So something like a dice, maybe they'll throw in a D eight or something, whatever GW thinks is the next dice. That's not a D six. I don't know how, I don't know how they're, I don't don't know they're going to implement that, but you know, I don't know. I don't know about that one at that. Okay. I mean, that's your, that's your theory. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what, what other way to change it? And they've done, they've done weird dice before, like an underworld. So it's definitely possible. Um, everything else though, I think will stay mostly the same. Maybe list building will come back. They'll decide we're going to add point values to everything. I don't know if that really is going to change too much though. Cause I, I feel like a lot of things work pretty well now. Yeah. But I mean, it was built around it, right? I mean, if we're thinking about a whole new edition change, right? Like they could, they could change the mold on that. That's true. And then you'd have to buy a whole new set of books. I don't know if they're going to do the whole new set of books right away, though. Yeah. When do you think that this is a kill team? This edition is going to end and kill team three will start. It's going to end probably, let's say, if I had to take a guess. Three months after. The Into Dark set releases, so that'll give you the last quarter season to finish up and then. 
maybe it won't start right away, but now they'll start announcing like a new things on the horizon. And you know, I would consider that like whether you get a new critical ops pack or a new edition as like the next step forward, because the critical ops pack did change the way you play the game. Correct. Yeah. So I would think it's something like that. So you think like six months to eight months, six to eight months. Yeah. That sounds pretty realistic. Okay. How about you? Um, I think with a well-educated guess, it's going to end next year or the year after. And that would lead us to having between eight and 10 teams left if it ends next year. For instance, uh, Games Workshop announced at LVO that they would be doing one more season. So if every season starts in October, because it was selling so well, right? Or at least that was their their, their what, what they were saying. Uh-huh. Um so at LVO, they're saying, oh, we're going to do one more season. They announced it halfway through this season, um, which would be after box two. So that would give us four more boxes. I haven't seen any white dwarfs. So there could be more white dwarfs. But if they do do any more white dwarfs, I think that'll be compendium team updates. I don't think they'll be dropping anything crazy in white dwarf if they do any more. So I would say next October, we would be getting Kill Team 3. Like, obviously, this Season 3 will be happening directly after Into the Dark. Right. Um, and if it sells again really well, and it's not like GW plans these things out five years in advance, that was facetious? Facetious. facetious. Yeah. So, like, it's not like they already planned this edition to have three seasons. Also, last year, they were hiring a rules writer for Kill Team. So whether that guy's already hired or not, I don't know. But most of these game systems are lasting three years, at maximum four years. If we think about it, next year we're going to see probably Kill Team released, maybe AOS being redone, and or, or not and or, or we'll be seeing the old world come back because what I've been seeing is that they drop a really big thing and then they have a specialist game that they redo. Right. So last year they dropped horse heresy uh-huh. and they dropped Warcry two. Right. This year they're going to be dropping. Um, what, what is this called? Uh, Warhammer 10th edition. And then they're going to drop uh kill team, not kill team. Epic. Epic is the rumor. I would love Epic. Then, yeah, Epic is supposed to drop this year. Next year will probably be AOS and Kill Team. Then the year after that will be Old World and something else, maybe Battlefleet Gothic, and then it'll restart over. I think they want to get to the four-year cycle rather than the three-year cycle, but I think that probably depends on if Old World sells well uh, how things continue selling going forward and stuff like that. So they plan enough in advance that they can probably just shoot out something here and there. But um, I would definitely say that because here's the other thing. Think about this. If we have 10 teams left remaining, that that's going to push us to like, I think we're at like 37 teams right now, 36 teams. That's going to push us to 46 teams. If we have 18 teams, because we have two seasons left, that's going to put us, that's going to put Kill Team alone at over 50 teams for a single game. I mean, that's not unheard of though, because Underworld's Shadespire was the first release back in like 2017, and they've been Uh doing steady releases all the way up to now. So it's not 
unimaginable. I mean, to be fair, yeah, but they're I, usually smaller teams, but still. Yeah, the last time I went to a game store, I think I've seen like three or four different ones on the shelf. I mean, how good is that game doing uh, compared to Kill Team where you see a bunch? They did an issue. It was something that I always had an issue with was they used to sell cards in certain packs. Like I would never play this team, but they have a really good card for the team I wanted to play. So then you have to go buy that pack just for nothing else. And I, I hated that. Uh, I, I hate when they, when companies well, do that. Well, let's hope they don't. They, they've, do they've changed since then. I was talking to Mr. Okay. Emmanuel and we were, we were discussing that, but, but at the time when that happened, I was upset, but yeah, so you know, it's not unrealistic that you could hit 50. I don't know if the bloat would be very good anymore. There might be a point where you have to maybe retire some teams. Yeah, like a full compendium has to go away, but then people will lose all their models. I don't think they'll ever retire anything until like, quote unquote, the next edition. It might go to Legends. <laughs> but I, 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 yeah, well, right. But I could also see them like updating teams in the next edition, right? Where, I mean, we're two years strong into this edition. So the rumor mills around the next edition, I sh- I'm sure are going to start popping up in the next six months. Right. Mm-hmm. If if it's ending next year, especially like what you said, I mean, I mean, we could see it as early as eight months. Like we don't know, right? Yep. Um, I mean, I mean, imagine eighteen more teams, eighteen more. What they're going to have to start putting zotes. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind <laughs> it because you get to see, you're going to see, you get to see like um, the Guaseva, maybe like the uh, oh yeah, the, the human you can get human a, yeah. guys from Tau. That would be really cool. You can get some cool teams I, out of this. I just don't think it'll all sell great. So I don't know. Eighteen more seems a little crazy. I mean, they got testing That's like departments almost doubling that, the. So. Yeah. So I'm assuming their quality control and testing are like, hey, do you guys like this? No, this model sucks. Okay, let's not make this. Well, now, now, Giacomo, we're going to start moving into into 10th edition. You're talking about quality control. How many broken codexes for kill, for 40K came out in the past two years? Broken is a relative term, but I understand where you're coming from. Um, there are definitely codexes that were left in the past that aren't as good mm-hmm. as the current ones because the current ones work better with a lot of the rule changes or work better with, let's say arcs of Omen right now. Right. And mm-hmm. of course, like most games where, where you try to sell something or have somebody play a new character, a new champion, let's say like league or something, you always sort of overpower the new thing. So people play it and then you remove its abilities later in a nerf or in some kind of change. Yeah. Are you, are you excited for 10th? I am. I'm excited for 10th. I'm excited to kind of get a reset, see what happens. Uh, I still play 40k. I don't play it as competitively anymore. Now I just kind of play it for missions with a few friends that don't really compete. And I'm I'm fine with that. How about yourself? Um, I'm also the same way with 40k. I think it's the only team that I would want or could uh, compete with is Eldar because, you know, I have 14,000 points. I can play <laughs> whatever list is good at the time. Right. Um, considering I have almost like three full units of every, of every, almost. There's a couple teams where I only have two. It's like War Spiders, I have one because the, the model's garbage. But like, I just don't see the reason for me to go to tournaments and continually paint and build teams that i know are going to go out of fashion oh in three like months. models and units yeah i, I understand that too. I've, I've been burned 
a couple times, you know, and I'm not, I'm not that meta chaser that way. I love 40 K don't get me wrong. I'll never stop playing big 40 K. That's why I bought the models, you know? Right. I agree. I don't know if I'll be playing in like a big version, but um, I might stick to boarding actions. I'm, I'm enjoying some of the stuff, the little tests I've done here yeah. just to, to work out some of the rules. Uh, do you think they're going to get rid of it when 10th rolls around, or do you think they're going to keep it? I hope not. I mean, it is right now. I mean, dep- I guess it depends on how good 10th ten- uh, is, right? Like, I've heard some weird rumors that I don't know if I like. You know, like, uh-huh. I did not like all the changes because I played since 3rd into 7th. And then I didn't like all the changes in 8th, and I only played one game of 8th, you know? And then I that came back me. for couple yeah it was was, you were my only game of eighth edition i ever played um and then in ninth edition i came back and played some more and it's still like it was just way too just too much compared to what it used to be um the rules were harder back then so each faction didn't have to be hard now it seems like every faction is ridiculous at times i mean i could see so i hope they fix it a lot you know yeah i could see that um and it's like, we're not like the ultra competitive 40K players, right? We are the people who enjoy the game and like to like to play the game. Uh, I'll go to a tournament here and there, you know, to maybe like play with some buddies, especially the 40K team tournaments. Those, I, those I are really pretty like fun. Those. I enjoy those. Yeah. Um, it, it gets my fix of playing competitively, but also like, hey, you can pair me up against their worst player too. <laughs> but I would like to see boarding actions expanded upon and it become its own game because it is hopefully they make it into the bridge between kill team and 40k make that its own make combat patrol its own game but yeah make small 40k games its own version of the game i think that would be amazing honestly i could see that happening yeah I I would love that because it's like boarding action games are also really fast. They're faster than kill team games. Yep. You have four activations on models and things die faster. You don't have feel no pains. Uh, that's a lie. You do. You do. But <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little more restricted um, with the list building too, which is nice. So yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's only I don't so want to many... play against it. I don't want to play against flying hive tyrants all the time. Right. Okay? It's it's nice to get to still play 40k, <laughs> but in a in a faster, more convenient way because it's. It's hard. Like a lot of our friends who used to play more competitive 40k have moved to the narrative events because they end faster and they can still enjoy the rest of their vacation. Like when they go to Las Vegas or something. Yeah. I, I would love to stick with kill team being like my competitive game while playing kill team. I mean, playing 40k for fun um, and also like games workshop is pushing this as the competitive game. I mean, we'll see where they push 40 K, you know, but, um, yeah, I hope they do not get rid of boarding actions, I, but from uh-huh. p- past experiences, I mean, people still might be able to keep it alive if they just like ax it right away. But if it's again, it'll become a, a kill team 2018 problem where, Games Workshop stops giving stuff out for it, so the game will slowly just die, unless if the community specifically builds it up and keeps playing it. Yeah, you're going to have to buy those books, man, because unless they keep printing them in a book or put in its own thing, you're right. I think it would be really cool if they updated the rules and put all the rules from 
the boarding actions, all the books, Arcs of Omen, into a 10th edition combat patrol type book. That would be a really great thing for them to do. It'd be a good purchase and a good way for people just to start playing the game. But that would yeah, require so. that you have boarding actions. But you're right. You're right. They can they can do whatever they want with their... You can hobby hero boarding action stuff, too. It's not it's, typically yeah. hard. It's not particularly hard to make those. Yeah, the... Uh... I'm excited to, to to keep painting mine and and putting them together and then making some MDF versions to play more 40k, um, that- which we're going to be doing a lot more of. Yes, <laughs> in due time. Um, do you think Space Marines are going to have like drastic changes, like having female Space Marines finally, or uh, or you know maybe you'll get that half Eldar, half human Space Marine. Firstly, I would love that to have a half human, half. Well, the problem is that I think space Marines, they lose their sex organs when they transform, I believe. So they don't really derive. I think most of them do. I'm not for sure. I'm not that much of a lore nerd. I'm like, do space Marines have wieners? Um, <laughs> the title, you know, the title of, like, a, of a YouTube video. <laughs> gosh. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like my Google history would start getting crazy. Um, <laughs> are women really space breeds? You know, so like I think that from what I've heard or on the Internet and YouTubes and stuff, obviously, I don't think there's been anything official from James Workshop, James Workshop. Um, I think that even women have been accepted as space breeds, but they just lose their sex organs. Uh, well, you might have to double check that lore over there. Uh can we get if a lore wrong, master over here? Me. Yeah, Luton, if you're listening to this podcast that's located in California, could you could you type it down below? We got a we got a we um, got a UK else? audience. Yeah, anyone else answers. out there that that possibly knows that answer? Um, I mean, I would like to see more in- inclusivity. You know, I think it would be cool, but I also know that there are lore reasons that you know some sometimes women aren't space marines or maybe they they have lost their sex organs from what i've known i believe that is the case uh and but the problem is with 40k that there's such a there's like we have to realize as a community we are starting games workshops pushing us into limelight they're starting to push us into mainstream and a lot of some some of these things aren't going to be necessarily super like kosher mainstream like why is there no woman space marines like they need to make that information if that stays more easily accessible because otherwise you have to be like a lore rat and figure it out you know um because it's not easily accessible speaking of that Uh how about you what do you think nah i think space marines are going to stay the same I think so too. I think th- I think they're going to say this. <laughs> you, you, yeah, the, uh, we might get some new. The women faces. are for the elves. The women are for the elves. Hey, hey, let's be honest. Have you seen any pretty like character models for women in the Imperial Guard? Have you, did you see that new model? I think they could face all. She's a, contorted in the, in, in the weird action pose. It's a fine model. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Um, it's just you know they're doing a lot of the storybook characters. Bro, she's so pretty on the box art of most of her things, and they gave her this crazed <laughs> yelling face. And then, then look at dude. It's like it's like I'm in uh, Oblivion, you know? 
Did you ever play Oblivion? Of course I did. Have Have you seen? Did you see the new High Lord Commander of the Imperial Guard, the chick Urs- Ursula? Ursula, yeah. Who, who I think, fits bro, that, we are. She fits that name perfectly. We are. Though. Yeah, she does. But I mean, it's we are living in a. I mean, Sergeant Ripper Jackson. I mean. Maybe there's like a couple like normal Imperial Guards who have like some kind of soft faces, but like the only soft faces that I've seen that are like semi semi attractive to me at least because beauty is subjective um, right. is like the elves. And I'm I'm not even trying to like, you know, I mean, I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah, when you look it up, all you see are, okay, there is one pretty model. I'll I'll take back all my words so far. Um, Severina Rain. I mean, she kind of looks like at least her nose and her chin and her cheeks are all done nicely. Uh, she doesn't have a lot of hair, so you, and there's no boobs on it. But like, <laughs> I mean, also, I mean, there 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 are some Slanesh models that are that are pretty. How about the uh, the new Imperial Guard women sprue? That was like a single sprue off of um, the old Catachan set, if I remember right. And then they redid it in the one box set when they got like their full refresh. Right? Yeah. I, I don't have any of the new Catachan. I mean, not uh, not Catachan. The new Cadian models. Are any of them? I wouldn't know. I don't know what I mean. How about you guys? How about you guys tweet at us or tell us as well while we're asking the... See, not only is this a question for us, we're asking ourselves questions, but we're also asking the audience questions today. If you guys find any women or men, there might be some men that are particularly attractive. Maybe maybe that bald space marine with a bolt sticking out of his head. <laughs> you know, if you find any of them extremely attractive, maybe you should, uh, you should let us know exactly which ones they are because uh, I'd be interested in finding out. But I mean, like... I mean, just go look at Sergeant Ripper Jackson. I love the model. She's great. She's not attractive. You got to have hard faces in the when there's only war. Well, is there any other games you're excited for? I want to play Batman this year. That's what I want to do. Screw Marvel. Screw all, a, a Song of Ice and Fire. Actually, I want to play that too. But like... <laughs> I want to play Batman the miniature game with someone. I don't care who you are. Reach out to me. I want to learn how to play the game, and I want to play the game. I'm super excited for the models. I have a bunch of them. None of them are painted because they're they're in my pile of shame, but I want to play it. I want to learn how to do it. It looks like it's a lot of fun. Actually, it doesn't. But <laughs> but you want to at least try it once. I want to play Batman. I love Batman. He deserves a shot. <laughs> he deserves it. Hey, you know, they were at Adepticon. I remember seeing that game. Yeah. I mean, the terrain can be dope. You could have some like gothic buildings. I have a really cool YouTube video planned where I'm going to make the Bat Cave on YouTube. It's going to be freaking awesome. Now you just have to make the video. But I just need to learn how to play the game. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just going to be talking. And be like, well, you know, like the reason why I put the back the back computer right here is because you know I have no idea, you know, <laughs> because it looks cool. Rule of cool, my guy. I mean, we've seen that where I got with rule of cool. I tried rule of cool with Kill Team, and people were like, "Nah, dude, you need rule of flat." At, le- at least have <laughs> flat boards for life. You tried. You tried. I tried, you tried so I hard. How about you, G? Uh, uh, you have any uh... Shatterpoint, obviously. 
yeah. yeah. I'm looking, oh, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. I like Legion. I like having the big, you know, playing Star Wars Battlefront in a tabletop version. But I want to have my hero battles too, because skirmish games. I feel like skirmish games have been on the rise for a long time because people just want to be able to have a quick game, maybe a few quick games, and go home. Where you can't quite mm-hmm. do that with all the bigger like war games. It's, it's kind of hard. You might get like one game in the night, especially if you're coming out from work or something. Hey, speaking of Shatterpoint, if anyone's listening to this on the East Coast or is planning to go to Adepticon, please play. They're doing demos of Shatterpoint at Adepticon. And I would like to hear from someone who actually plays it, not some kind of publicist article, somebody who's pushing the game. I want to know from the lips of someone who actually plays miniature games, how, what they think of this game, because I'm so excited to try and learn about it and play it and maybe run tournaments this year. So if anyone's out there, go into Adepticon. If you play the demo, reach out to us on our Discord. Let us know, hey, I played this. Maybe we'll bring you on and we'll talk about Shatterpoint for an episode because I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. Leak, leak all the rules. Leak them. Don't worry. They'll leak it themselves. They'll film it. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's all going to be publicized. I want to get that raw stuff. You know, I don't want I don't want to know what Asmodi and and, you know, Atomic Mass Games. Uh, Atomic Mass <laughs> Games and like what they want us to know. I want to know what what is real. Obi-Wan's busted. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Asmodee, you had a little bit of news from Asmodee for us. Yeah, I saw a couple days ago that uh, the, the company who bought Asmodee, Embracer, um, they bought Asmodee in 2021 or at the end of 2021. Or at least that's when the talks started for $2 billion, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and they just picked up the rights to the Lord of the Rings models. Ooh. Now, yeah. So what that means for Games Workshop and their current lease on the rules, I don't know. Like, do are they going to, is Games Workshop going to have to rework a deal with them? Uh, does it even affect Games Workshop? Do they have something specifically with Paramount because they can use like the likeness of the actors? Like, there's not a lot of information out there publicly about this deal and what's like happened with it. I'm sure that uh, the future of the Middle Earth is going to get interesting very soon, right? So, um. I mean, this is not an IP that people are just going to see squandered. Not at sitting all. Around. I mean, Magic's getting yeah. their thing out, and the, the TV show's been around. It's pushing, and they're uh, who bought like the rights to make more shows from them recently? Someone did. I want to say so. That was that was Amazon. That was Amazon. Amazon bought the rights to make new shows, but I believe Paramount or it's Warner Brothers, one of the two. Um, they are also going to be making a brand new movie series that is spun off in its own thing. And they're trying to get Peter, Peter Jackson to head the helm on the movie series. So whether this Asmodee is just specifically for new stuff, or if they can start competing with games workshop and creating better models, because here's the thing. I love a lot of the Lord of the Rings models, uh-huh. but they are true 28 millimeter scale. Mm, not heroic. They're small. They're, they're, they're older, some of them, and I would love to see if Games Workshop isn't going to be pushing them, I would love to play some Lord of the Rings again. I love Legolas, 
I love the, I love the, the nine. I loved playing it back in the day. Uh, I love seeing terrain for it. Um, oh man. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty ex- bro. Like I like, I really like Zorpazorp on YouTube. Shout out to you, bro. Um, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of his content on YouTube and him making all the Lord of the Rings terrain, big Lord of the Rings nerd over here. I would love to see this take off again because I think it deserves it. You know, I don't want to see Lord of the Rings die uh, in the slightest. And I think Atomic Mass Games is going to push it to so that it... There's no way they're going to leave it just sitting there, right? When they have the rights to it. No, it's no. such a cash... They will, they'll totally make their miniatures game if that's the case. Yeah, and they just bought it. So maybe maybe they're sitting a year, two years, three years out. Who knows how slow they are? I mean, let's be honest, bro. Asmodee and Atomic Mass Games is probably slower than Games Workshop. Probably. I mean, when they acquired uh, Legion, you know, they were just kind of using the plans that existed, but they were probably, pretty much when they acquired Legion, it was acquiring like Star Wars. So they were probably working on Shatterpoint for a while. True. And then they just released another like Kill Team version of of this. Not to my knowledge. Of Legion? Maybe there is. Legion, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they just released like a kill team version oh, like a smaller, of Legion. Smaller scale. I was not aware of that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd play that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that skirmish skirmish is a lot of skirmish fun. is the future. And yeah. I mean, I definitely learned leaned into it heavily once I it's it's a lot easier to to convince your wife to play a skirmish Embrace game perfection. than the collection. Yeah, than to to paint and collect two thousand points of, you know, Slanesh demons. <laughs> You could play Imperial Knights. It's only like seven models. I mean, you could, but those models <laughs> They're are pretty big. We're going to store them. Let's be honest. In a display case, but you're right. I can, I can store a lot more kill teams and other various games. <laughs> they take about the same amount of real estate. They do. They do. So uh, let's talk about some D&D. D&D, RPGs, one shots for me. Did you realize that they started a new community page? Uh, you know, I was in the dark. In general? I was, I was not aware of this. Yeah, I think they're trying to undo a lot of the damage that they already did to the community. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they, to their they're fan probably base. bringing some people back, but some people probably went really hard on, like, I'm never playing again, and now they have to kind of stick to their word. Yeah, I mean... They might have shot themselves in the foot. Who knows? Not 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 Are you gonna go see that but the the people. I know you're a big avid movie goer and the D and D movie is about to drop. Are you gonna go see it? Yes, because the directors did Game Night and I really liked Game Night. Thought that was a great movie. It was funny. I feel like a lot of those beats are gonna be here. Even though D and D doesn't technically have like a story per se. I mean you could argue that the the um Curse of Strahd, those ones, the 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 manuals, what are they called? Modules. The modules have a story, but otherwise it's all, you know, RPGs in general, they're all just character written, you know, whatever the DM wants to make. But I'll see it. I'll have a good time with it. Yeah. Who's the main actor again? Chris, Chris Pines. Pines. Is that his name? Chris Pines. Yeah, I despise that, man. Yes. I just don't like it. I don't think I've ever liked any movie he's ever been in. Uh, that's That's fair. Did, uh, I think my wife wants to see did it. Did Saya like Star Trek since he was in it? Uh, I don't know if she actually really got into the new Star Trek movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I watched the new Star Trek movie. It was okay. 
You know, I mean, the thing that brought it back was Khan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cumberbatch, bro. He was amazing in that movie. He was pretty good in that movie. Um, I like that one. But you know what? You know what about that Star Trek movie? What about it? It would have been better without Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to see the D&D movie? Well, I think no, not at all. I'm not. Because Chris Pine. You're, you're maybe, gonna... maybe when it comes out. On HBO it's Max. not even necessary. It's not even necessarily that I'm boycotting it. While I think that they should have some kind of monetarily, I don't think that they should escape scot-free with what they tried to pull this year at all. Um, it's a partial standpoint that I need to see better behavior. Words, there's only so much, right? Right. Um, before I would be like willing to like give them all of my money again. Because I mean, bro, like you can see my shelves. I have almost every single fifth edition book. You know, right. like what they did was scarring to me. Um, my wife is going to go see the movie. Uh, I hope she likes it. I hope she has fun doing it. Uh, I just don't know. I'll probably wait until it comes out in theaters. So. Or when it comes to home. Yeah. <laughs> Are you speaking of, of what happened? Uh, I know that you do play D&D on occasion. Are you planning to stick with D&D? Are you going to go to a different gaming system? What are you thinking? So I'll still play D and D, but I'll probably go to a different system. Not because D and D dropped the ball for me. I'm never really on one side when it comes to RPGs, but because my friends have been sort of moving away to different ones, they've been playing either Star Wars or they've been trying Pathfinder Second Edition. So that's sort of the thing everyone's doing right now with the people that I play. So I'll probably end up doing that more than D and D because we've already played the hell out of Fifth Edition when it came out. So I think Pathfinder sold eight months worth of books in two days What the? when this was all going on. Yeah. Insane. Um, how about you? I mean, I really liked Pathfinder th- like 3.75, the, the original Pathfinder. Uh-huh. I really it liked was it. A lot of fun. Still is a lot of fun. Pathfinder two came out and it just looked like it got really complicated. Um, they had to change it up. I'm, I haven't tried it yet, so I can't quite say, but you know, in order to be different, you do have to make, well, Changes. Well, I mean, they they changed a lot of the rules so that it did not it no longer was the same as the SRD. So that they actually, if this ever happened, they could just be like, oh, you know, like we're not actually under your thumb, GW. Like we can still have our game produced, which I didn't know until you know this whole all this thing came out. So that's why the game was so drastically different. Um, so I've never given Pathfinder two really that much of a chance. I liked a lot of the classes over. Uh, the wizards classes. I still like fifth. Um, it's just, it's rough because like, I kind of want to see what the new edition of D and D does. Cause there's parts of fifth that I don't necessarily like. And there's parts of 3.5. I don't like either, especially as a DM mm-hmm. I think 3.5 and pathfinder and stuff are amazing. If you're players, there's just so much variety and so many things you can do. It's just a nightmare as a DM. Um, fifth edition is much more like DM friendly than it is player friendly because players get have such less options. Um, Pathfinder, I'm interested in trying, interested in learning, but uh, Pathfinder two, I should say. Buy yourself a book. The other Stargrave, the Stargrave, and all those kind of like sci-fi ones. I'm not necessarily like the biggest into, even though I'm like a super 40k nerd. You know, I'm not like super into wanting to role play future stuff. That's just not, not your style. I like fantasy. You like fantasy for, yeah, I just like okay. fantasy. 
Yeah, yeah. It's easier for me to be like a dumb dwarf, you know, than a like cybernetically enhanced human that knows about artificial intelligence that I just don't actually know about. <laughs> I know how to be fucking dumb, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I love playing dumb characters. That's my absolute favorite. When I'm role playing, bro, my goodness. Being dumb is so much fun. Being illiterate is even more fun. <clears throat> yeah. Well, let's start, let's let's move on from games. How about streaming? We got stuff coming up for the pipeline and streaming. What do you want to do to enhance some of the streaming things we're going to be doing or even just the experience for Kill Team at LVO in 2024? So, we are hoping to have props and really really cool narrative boards that we're going to be building this year at LVO at the West Coast Championship at AVTT. We hope to have props. I don't know if all the props will be done by AVTT. But um, my goal, since we've done a lot of the terrain, my goal is to expand player experience through hobby track, through props, through other experiences, maybe like side games that happen, you know, like in 40k they have like you know, like favorite general by doing certain things like other ways to score points and make a tournament more exciting right, right. um yeah how about you is there anything that you want to add to experiences or or streams more? we have a lot of streams that we're going to be doing as well this year uh, i want to add more cameras i think angles are important for streaming if they have multiple angles in television shows and things that you watch, we should have multiple angles yeah. in streaming. I agree. Yeah, I think definitely. And you know who's going to help us with that? Take a quick break. Our patrons. They like are thanking each and every. Yeah, thank each and every one of you guys for uh, helping us along this journey, making it a little bit easier for us to. Uh, take an hour off work early to come and do this episode. So appreciate you fellas and ladies. Absolutely not. Let's get a quick shout out to Christina Applegate. That's an old joke. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, our patrons have been dying to hear another song from you, Giacomo. Uh, Are you you working on something? I have a lot of fun with it. I've heard, I've heard a couple, I have a couple requests and I'm deciding which two to do. Okay. Uh, are you going to put that only for patrons or, of course or are you going to put patrons. it into our podcast? It, it oh, might like wow. parts of it might come to the to the podcast eventually, but patrons get that, you know, that's, that's my gift to them. Giacomo's only fans is our patrons officially. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. <laughs> it's official. So what else do you want to do at our, at our, I, I'm going to veto live singing. At our events, yeah, I don't, so I don't want, I don't want to add that. That's it's not the right <laughs> venue for it. Yeah, unless if like unless if everyone's chanting for Giacomo to like sing or something, and then we magically just have a guitar or something, <laughs> and he just starts like he just starts counting one out because he has that dog in him, you know, <laughs> just like you know, you know, I don't know, I'm not good with the guitar. That's all right. <clears throat> <laughs> so, what did you want to add to our events this year? I would like to add. I'd love to add boarding actions more often. That'd be pretty fun. You know, it's something that we already have a lot of parts for. So it's a easier jump than let's say adding Marvel right away or even doing Shatterpoint because Shatterpoint is going to be in its early days. So it's not quite there yet. 
Yeah, I would love to have like three boarding action tournaments this year. The one thing is, is that we're going to run one on June 3rd at Gameology here in Pasadena, yep. California. Um, unfortunately, that's later in the month, 10th edition is dropping. So depending on how that does, or if like boarding action rolls over, then we will, we will definitely be running more this year. Um, if it doesn't, you know, we have to kind of see like, I mean, we don't need, if 10th edition drops, bro, like we might lose kill team players to it. Uh, we might gain some too, because maybe some people don't like the new edition. Maybe they'll come to kill team instead. Um, I don't know if we definitely going to be an uncertain time. I don't know if we'll lose them. I think they'll start picking up 10th edition, but not necessarily just give up on kill team because that's still, and it's, they'll come to our, our 40 K, which we events. plan on running next year. Yes, that'll be a fun one. Start the next the next terrain grind for 10th edition. Even bigger pieces of terrain. Yeah. Wow. Dry hands. <laughs> <laughs> Even drier hands from MDF. <laughs> exactly. Oh, what a time to be in there. So what's our, what's our first event going to be this year? April 1st. And it's going to be an all-random kill team event. Do you want to? Do you right. want to go you can to that? Bring, yeah, you can bring up to three random teams that you can roll for. You could bring just one if you want, but if you want to bring three teams that you get a roll for each round, you sure can. Um, you're also going to be able to roll to see if you're playing on open or on into the dark. And if you're playing on open, then you get a roll to see which. Um, you're going to roll to see which terrain setup you're doing. Then you get to draw cards. And then on top of that, it's going to be a full deck random tack ops. <laughs> so you're going to have the full deck in front of you and both, both opponents, just like they say in the, in the, the rules for crit ops where they have the full random where you can actually, you both players are drawing cards from it. And then after that first, second and third place are going to spin a wheel <laughs> for their prizes. It's going to be completely random. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a great way to re-enter the tournament scene after such a uh, after LVO. You know, we took some well-deserved time off, um, and we get to come back to a just for fun competitive event. And yes, there will be ITC points, but uh, yeah. it, it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be down at ComaQuest in Orange County, OC baby, uh, California. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. So anyone that's out there, look, uh, look to my website this week for, uh, for tickets and, um, a bunch of my other events are going to be starting to pop up this week as well. So, uh, the AVTTs almost completely, uh, inputted in, uh, I'm just hashing out the last few details of what's going to be happening with each ticket. Right. And, uh, maybe we should also talk about the forged brush while we're here. Yeah, Forged Brush is going to be our painting competition hosted at our events. Yeah, I'm looking forward sure to it. We've been working, we've been working hard on what to decide for categories, how to enter them, and the different ways you can jump in. Whether you're playing at the event or just want to compete in the painting competition. Yeah, this is this this year's Forged Brush is going to be held at the AVTT. So any player from the AVTT or outside of the AVTT. Uh, all Valley team tournament can come in and submit models 
for the judging. Um, you have to be there to pick up the awards and they're all going to be, uh, the prizes are going to be hand forged brushes. So I'm literally going to pull out my forge and my hammers and some bars of steel. And I'm going to make some awesome looking, hopefully they're awesome, um, (laughs) brushes, um, that you get to put on your displays. And I'm probably going to make a display for all of them as well. So each person will get those. Um, should be really cool. Should be a lot of fun. And we're going to try to make it, you know, something bigger and exciting. So we can have a really cool painting competition out here. So should be really cool. Should be rad. Yeah. Yeah. How about some streaming plans? You know, we, we have that in the pipeline, not just for LVO, but just in general. What are some things we have down the pipeline? Yeah, we've I've reached out to a bunch of either local content uh, people, some patrons, um, and some people that we enjoy to come out and guest star on some episodes for the stream league. We're going to have three nights, maybe four nights a week that we stream. Um, Sundays, we're going to start streaming um, the streaming league. So we have our guests come on the show and we do fun stuff and we play boarding actions. We play kill team. Maybe we do a hobby thing, all sorts of different stuff. And that's all going to be heavily influenced by our people who, who watch our show and listen to us here on podcast. Uh, we also have Tuesdays, which we're going to be dropping the podcast Tuesdays where we're also going to be doing either hobby nights, playing kill team with either me, Giacomo and Saya uh, and we're also going to be doing hot takes. I know we said we we're going to start it in February, but I have to catch up on Etsy orders before I do anything else. I need to be a, I need to be a productive member of society. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then we also may even start playing some video games at other times of the week. So we might do like a wild rift with a wild rift Wednesdays where me and my buddy Ronnie will play um, wild rift on stream. Um, or maybe me, Giacomo and Saya will jump on and we'll all play dark tide together. And which I think we'll need a fourth, right? It's a game of four. Yeah, up to four. Yeah. So we might pick somebody, a random patron, a random person in our discord that's looking to play, come and stream with us for a few hours. Maybe we'll all do that. Um, just to do something, just something different, have fun, you know, <laughs> something outside of, uh, this tabletop madness, which is not bad, but all good the same. Everyone has other hobbies. You know? It's totally normal. Exactly. Decompress a little bit, play some video games. Um, it might not be me every week. It might be other people. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's all down the pipeline. Anything is subject to change. Uh, but speaking of hobbies, let's move on to some hobby questions, shall we? Hell yeah. Mike's most excited part of this episode. Yeah, we saved it for last um, you want to start us off on this one? Yeah, sure. This is your baby. Um, yeah. What are, do you want me to ask you the question first? I'll ask you the question. Sure. What are the absolute top 10 hobby tools that you yourself have purchased? Okay. So this is outside of the stereotypical glue you go to a store for the very first time you buy your glue and your exacto blade and you set to town 
you make your first models, you buy your primer, you buy your, your standard paint and your brushes. So outside of those, because those aren't going to count, um, what would I say are my top purchases or things that maybe I'd recommend to new people? Yeah, sure. Well, let's let's go 10, 10 to 1. I like that. That's what I, that's how I structured my answers. How about I go 10, then you go 10, and we'll go back All right, forth. we'll do that. I can, I can live with that. All right, all right, all right. So my number 10 would be tile grout. Uh, and the reason why I like tile grout is that when it dries and when it's made, it still is in scale for ground cover. And it dries absolutely cement. It's cement. It's literally cement. Rock Wear hard. some gloves when you're using yes. it. Yeah, rock hard. Um, as Malphite would say. So <laughs> you definitely, definitely want to wear gloves while wearing it and have it in a controlled area because it is cement. So it will dry out your skin. You don't want to breathe it in. But when you put it on your models, the bases, anything, your terrain, it's going to dry rock hard. You can put sand and dirt in it rocks in it and it's all going to hold it in so tile grout would probably be my 10th it would take up my 10th spot for me my number 10 is a light with temperature controls Ooh. i've always <sighs> i always used to paint i didn't in even light. think about lights like i used to paint in just garbage yellow light and i would think that looks good and then you you, you look at it later and go nah i guess not but having having control of temperature on your lights and the degree of brightness is so important, and I, I, I'm absolutely happy that I, I picked up one of those. It's improved yeah. everything. I also think that having a light with a really good CRI, a color rating index, is also super important. Oh yeah. So, like, you don't want to have a light like a fluorescent bulb that has a 30 CRI, which blows out all your colors. Oh, yeah. You want to have something that, like, with a color rating index of 90 plus, so that you can actually see more colors. Of course, if you're colorblind, it doesn't matter as much, but you know, who's colorblind? Um, you know, me, freaking colorblind no, people. I'm not colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see the red and green things on Doritos. Cool range. <laughs> they don't exist. Uh, moving on to number nine, it would be the miniature holders while painting. So when I first started painting, I always mess up my rims holding them. I would, um, you know, I, I'd always have like four or five fingers on a model. Nowadays I have the GW little base holders and third party base holders, which you can just put a whole, your whole team on them and just pick them up and you never have to touch the base. And you actually have surprisingly more control. You have a lot better area to grip your model. You can hold it tight. Um, I, I would definitely say to pick one of those up. I do like those as well. I have a I have a whole army of them here. But my number nine is a paintbrush drying rack. I cannot tell you how many times as a 13-year-old I would wash my brushes and put them bristles facing Leave them up. in the pot. Yep, and just put them right in a cup. The problem is, is that water would go down to the fennel and start breaking the glue. So then you suddenly notice that all your brushes start kind of uh, poofing outward and that's not good. So then I found it's, it's a simple thing. It's, it's, it's a little spring that's attached to two metal pieces and it's, it's like a can. And this way you can have your brushes aiming with the bristles <laughs> downward. Mm -hmm. 
uh, it, it works perfect. Okay. I'll move on to my number eight. My number eight would be lunch trays. Um, like those cafeteria lunch trays. I buy a bunch of them. I have a lot of them. Um, and that's generally how I store my projects. Uh, I put them away on different lunch trays. I made my own little cabinet that holds lunch trays. Um, I put my paints on them with the corresponding army or whatever. Sometimes I have to dig through each tray to find the color. If I'm, if I randomly started another one because I have ADD and I never can finish a project. Um, you know, I have my entire Eldar army, all 14,000 points on different ones, like all 13 of my Falcon tanks on another one are waiting to be re put together after stripped. But, um, Use, having those for somebody who's like such a chaotic minded person like myself really helps where I'm just like, oh yeah, I remember what tray put that on. All of my gene stealers are on this tray with my Necrons and this, right? So like I can remember where I put things a little easier rather than have to open up foam cases or do that kind of stuff. So I can actually just keep, uh, be a little bit more organized. And if I have to go paint somewhere else, I can just pull them up and go paint while I'm watching the kid. I can't do that anymore because he's way too interested in what I'm doing. Um, but that's besides the point. How about you, G? A little hand sander, like a little, okay. little sponge. Uh, this one I started appreciating when I was doing Into the Dark. Really, this is for terrain, just to get some of those mold lines. You just don't want to cut it. It takes too long. Just just sand that. You're done in like 30 seconds. True. And it's, it's I really appreciated it. I'd go with my number seven, which would be sponges or a natural, fo- uh, natural foam sponges. Uh, you can get a lot of really good techniques, a lot of different weathering, different ways, knowing that you can actually paint an entire model by sponging it rather than using a brush to give it a different effect. Mm. Doing that on like on like aliens to make them look more unnatural. Like you can do a whole bunch of stuff with sponges. Uh, I'm a big fan of using sponges. I like sponges as well in general for, for painting purposes and chipping armor. Uh, but my number seven is these small little plastic spatulas. I think they're used for blending oil paints or something. Palette paint, palette, palette, uh, palette, palette spatulas. Yeah. These things I'm holding one in my hand right now. Uh, I don't know if you can hear the noise. Probably not. I love using these for any sort of instant terrain that comes out of like a pot, like any of the GW texture stuff, or if you're using like MIG stuff, because their stuff's really sticky. So you you use this and you don't damage your brush. Instead, you just uh, put it all on with that. And then you don't care if it dries hard because it still works. Uh, I love these things. Yeah, I use dental picks a lot for that. Okay, I can see dental picks useful for that. It's it's the same same concept. That's very... A very good product that a lot of people wouldn't think about because a lot of people just ruin brushes that way. You know, yeah. let me stick it into this uh, Agrax. What is the uh, Ag- Strickland mud? Str- yeah, Sterling mud, Sterling mud. Something yeah, like that. and then your your favorite brush is now destroyed. Um, number six for me would be Microsol and Microset. Now I've had them for a long time, but I've actually never applied decals, and I think that. Uh, I did them recently with you, Jocko. Yes. You, you showed me what I was doing. Um, I 
really hate the ideas of decals. And I came around to them from the 3D 3D printed like shoulder pads and stuff because ultimately with Microsole and Microset or products that are very similar along with a varnish, you can make it so that that decal straight up disappears and there's no longer a decal on your model oh, yeah. or it doesn't look like it. And then you can go through and you can ship it and make it look like it's been hand painted. Um, back in the day, I don't know if those two things were even a thing. Maybe people just used vinegar back in the day, but <laughs> I mean, the internet wasn't like a thing, like as big as it is now where you can find these little tips and tricks, but like, um, it's been a game changer for sure. It's just Microsoft and Microset and knowing how to use both of those products. How about you, G? Well, for me, it's something you find in the grocery store, a toothpick, a set of toothpicks. The ones I'm using are diamond, diamond toothpicks, 250 counts. It's definitely not 250 in this anymore. I love drilling out the bottom of a head and sticking it on a toothpick and then holding that toothpick so that I can get a precise hold on the head when I'm painting. And there's That's a great. bunch of other uses too. Like if you need to do sub assemblies and just connect it to each other so you can spray paint those. Um, there's a lot of uses for toothpicks in this hobby. So I'm, I'm, I love toothpicks. So I'm getting to my irreplaceable top five. Ooh, we're at the big ones now. I, I have a, I have a, I have an honorable mention. I would like to stay okay. before I move on to my top five. My honorable mention would be the micron pens for uh, painting eyes. No, for doing script on purity seals. Oh, that that's another one. Yeah, yeah, um, and also doing really small details. Like you can do, you can do the same thing with sharpies. You know, I've done sharpies, and you just you just varnish over it, and they won't ever rub off, right? So, like. Pens in general are really, really good stuff. Do you have an honorable mention before we, we breach our top five? Because so far, all of our stuff's been different so far. So they have. It's good content. Uh, latex <laughs> gloves. Before I started using right. holders, I would use latex gloves to grab something that already had paint on it. So that way, the natural oils on your skin wouldn't touch the paint. The latex glove would protect it. And I could also like kind of clean off my brush a little bit using the latex glove and just throw it away and my hands clean afterwards, or at least mostly clean. It doesn't leave a stain. So I really appreciate the latex glove, but it's not an absolute essential, especially with all the new stuff we have, but it's a definitely an honorable mention for me. My number five is Tamiya masking tape. Some nice masking I can't, tape. I can't tell you how much better my paint jobs have gotten by using to me a masking tape. And we're not sponsored by any of these people. Um, that's how I do all my marble. That's how I do a lot of stuff for terrain. It might not be as useful on a model, but I tell you, it's sure useful on tanks, especially when you're trying to me. A masking tape is the same idea of a latex, uh, the liquid latex masking stuff that you would put on a model. Uh Um, I just dislike liquid latex because it dries too fast for me. And I think I'd rather just use like silly putty on a model, um, for airbrushing, but like 
to me, a masking tape has really changed the way I paint terrain and the way that I've, I've, I've done stuff. A good, a good paint job is a good tape job. <laughs> so, <sighs> well, when it comes to my number five, little hand drills. When, once I started doing like drilling on my bolters and getting to drill the bottom of heads to stick them on toothpicks, drilling little parts that I want to stab onto something else, pinning so I could put a piece of metal in between. I've never used drills. I was always so afraid. But once I bought them, like, I, I pretty much use drills on any miniature that I work on. Oh, gee, you're going to like one of mine coming up. All right. So, so my number four would be an actual good pair of, of snips plastic snips now you could go and get a tamiya version for 30 bucks or 40 bucks you can go and get the uh the god hands like i got that were like 80 dollars. but I, I i used to use the sprue snips from army painter and i can tell you that those are absolute hot garbage <laughs> compared to some of these other these things out there that are actually like four times worth now i understand if if budget's tight, but if you can buy a kill team, you can buy a pair of good snips and it just, as long as you use them correctly, um, they'll last you your entire hobby career. So, um, it's something that I bought very recently. This is my most recent hobby purchase for specifically snipping out eight sets of boarding actions. Um, and I can tell you, they go through plastic like butter. I tried them out. Especially with, yeah, especially with having a little bit of carpal tunnel. Uh, it really makes my life a lot easier. So uh, you got to work smarter, not harder, you know? So that's all. That's what I'm about. How about you, G? What's your, what's your, what's your, your number four? Flow improver. When I was doing Ooh. blends, um, at least when I was first started doing blends, Flow Improver really helped with a lot of things. And even to this day, I'll still use some Flow Improver, especially when it's a more dry climate and I'm worried the paint's going to dry. So just having that gives it a little bit more life, makes it easier to flow between bigger surfaces. Please get yourself some Flow Improver. Flow Improver is great, and so is Flow Retarder on certain yes. things. My number three is... Much, much better than your little hand drill. It's called a pen drill. And I bought it for like 50 bucks on Amazon. And here, I'll, I'll turn it on. Hold on. I don't know if this. Oh, I can hear it. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of torque, so it doesn't get stuck in a lot of things. But it just, like, I, I have a little bit of carpal tunnel. I have to save a little bit of time and everything. Like, I can't tell you when I was going to our last team tournament and I had to hand drill all of my metal Eldar models into the resin bases, both of them extremely hard substances. It took me hours and a lot of pain. With this thing, I would have got it done in like 10 minutes. I would have saved the time. I wouldn't have been struggling to get to Vegas. Um, it is like a lifesaver. I would say that this is easily number three on my list. It's a good number three. I've used that pen drill. It's nice. 
well worth the well worth the money. Well, for me, synthetic brushes. Now, here's the reason you get synthetic brushes versus horsehair. Synthetic leaves a very smooth finish, which you don't necessarily want for details, but you definitely want for big parts of a miniature that you have to put a lot of paint on. And if you're not using an airbrush, this way helps you get through it much faster. So get yourself some synthetic yeah. brushes, man. Even GW Synthet- started making synthetic brushes. Synthetic brushes are also the only way to paint oil paints. That too. So you should always have a little bit of... We'll, we'll get into hobby tips in a, in a couple minutes, but definitely synthetic brushes are, are really important to have. Not just your nice sable brushes, you know, but yeah. My number two. It looks like I put another good pair of hobby snips in there. <laughs> you know, um, you know that was a mistake. But I'll just reiterate it. To the point, guys, it's so important. I didn't mess up. It's so important to put, to get a good pair of hobby snips that I put it twice on my, <laughs> on my list. It takes up 20% of my answers to have a nice pair of snips. It is that important, okay? You want to have... Maybe maybe number four was like the army painter version, uh-huh. and number two is like the god hands. Like you're going ham, you got a whole Imperial Guard army to snip out, you want to do as little cleanup as possible, you get the god hands, they snip right down to the bare plastic, it doesn't leave your hand exhausted or tired. Maybe you have a huge backlog of bits that you have to put into your tackle boxes and organize because you have, you know, you're off for like two weeks because you got snowed in and big bear. Right. So you have to sit there and you have to snip all these things out, all these little chaos heads and towel heads because you're just a dirty heretic at heart. You're just, you're just pumping them out. Right. You got to get some good hobby snips for that. Gee, what's your number two? Microsol and microset. Hey, all right. I think it's even more important to have those two things because a lot of people get afraid of putting on transfers. I think it's one of the biggest things a lot of friends have asked me is, how do you put on transfers? And I tell them, use Microsoft and Microsoft. It really, really helps. You know, because you could always do water and then use the mediums and stuff. Nah, Microsoft and Microsoft. It's so big that you don't just have to find it at major hobby stores. You can find it at your local game store now, too. Or at least all the ones I've been to. And tes- yeah. Testers has a version. Testers has and a if version. You can't aff- if you can't afford it, then you can use distilled vinegar for, I think it's Microset? It's for one of for them. Micro- Just look it up on Google. Uh, for Microset, I believe. Yeah, it's one of them. You can use distilled vinegar. Let's move on. Which is like the old way to do it. Number one. Num- the one everyone's been waiting for. For me, 100% hands down, is an airbrush. If you don't own one, you should look into purchasing one. I use an Awada Eclipse CS. It does not have the best um, like pinpoint accuracy, but it does a great job. It does what I need it to do. I can put the colors where I want it. I might not be able to put like the the hairlines that some artists do and stuff, but you know, I bought it on, on sale at hobby, hobby lobby for like 110 bucks, bought the, the, the flow improver for it. And then all you have to do is use 
airbrush paints and they're typically not going to clog. It takes a learning curve. You can learn how to do it within a couple of days, uh, maybe like maybe a day and just watch a couple videos. By far the best hobby product I have ever purchased is the airbrush. I can push out so much more stuff. I can paint so much more things. I I can varnish inside when it's cold or hot, or I can primer. It is the most versatile tool in a hobbyist collection that is outside of the particular norms that you're going to get. Um, I cannot recommend it enough. How about you, G? My number one on our top 10 hobby tools is poster putty. Cheap $2 poster putty. There is nothing has ever improved my efficiency or my ability to store things than poster putty. Got That's right, guys. He stores miniatures on his walls. <laughs> uh, you don't have a drying rack? Use poster <laughs> putty and then put your brushes on there. You want to dry fit your model, see what it looks like? Put poster putty in between it. Holds it together. Uh, you don't have holders? Well, get yourself a Gatorade bottle or a water bottle, whatever. Throw some poster putty on top of the top. Put it on the bottom of the miniature. You're all set to go. Poster putty, poster putty cannot be denied. It is so useful. You run out of room to put your models? Post, put them on the wall. Put them on the wall. Poster putty. Poster putty that <laughs> shit. <laughs> put them on the ceiling. You want to make you sure know? that uh, that your paint trays don't fall around? Put poster putty at the bottom. That's what I did here. Yeah, that's a really great and insightful number one for sure. Yes. Poster putty. It's cheap. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Get yourself some poster putty. It's a lot of plosives. Yeah, how about? Yeah, it is a lot of plosives. What about uh, your uh, your three hobby tools that you regret purchasing? All right. I thought this was going to be so much cooler. And I thought it was going to give me a lot of cool effects, but Turbo Dork did, did not live up to my standards of what I wanted. So for some, some of their friends, they say it's awesome. Uh, I regret purchasing the few that I got. I could have gotten different paints, could have gotten more AK paints. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll live my life. How about you? What's one of yours? A turbo dork, you need to put it through an airbrush over a gloss black coat. Otherwise, it's going to look like hot garbage. It's the same as any green stuff, world stuff. And it's um, it's a hard paint to get right. So I don't, I don't blame you on that one. In fact, some of my things are also certain lines of paint that I've bought. You know, I've, I bought into this, um, really cool looking race car paint that people would use for like hobby, hobby stuff. Uh I've used it before, but it comes out glossy. Just, it's called Createx. I've also bought a lot of uh, quite a few enamel paints and they're just kind of finicky. And while I like oil paints, enamel paints are just slightly different. They require another thinner. So it's just like another medium. And it's just not something that I really want to go out and like learn a third type of paint. Like I've already learned how to do oils and acrylics. I understand the the bonuses that you get with enamel, but I just don't think I need it. 
It makes sense. I, I don't really see myself painting with enamel paints on miniatures. I'm sure somebody wants it. That's their style. It's really big in Japan and on Gunpla. Okay, I could see that. Maybe it's a different kind of plastic mm-hmm. they're using. Who knows? I don't like the concept of buying a certain type of glues. Specifically, there was this terrain glue I once bought. And as I kept using it, I realized this is just Elmer's glue, but more expensive. Mm-hmm. I think it was from Army Painter. And I thought to myself, I could just buy a bigger bottle of Elmer's glue. So um, that was a, that was a big regret buying that. That was when I was like getting back into the hobby and getting whatever I could find at my local game store. But just get Elmer's glue. It's the same stuff. It's just PVA. So for me, it would be certain special types of goods, uh, a certain type of pens. So I like Sharpies. I have used them to panel line and color in flat surfaces. I like the the Micron pens that are really, really fine. I really dislike oil paints. I do not like um, Malto pens for the chrome effect. I think you can get a much better... You can get it much better with other things. In fact, there's an enamel paint <laughs> called Super Chrome that I use and I love. Um, but you know, there are there are goods and good and bad things for every product. I think that the specialty pen line is just not meant for me. Like you could use the oil pens on like to create dust and other random things but i just seemed to do that with with actual pigments you know it just seemed like a purchase that i made that was just not necessary and something that i don't use every day like for instance if you don't paint every day or if you only paint like a very small amount maybe you don't need an airbrush and maybe it would be too big of a purchase for you right but like if you're going to be collecting an army then you would Right. So like the specialty pens were just a bad purchase for me. Makes sense. They don't, they don't always come on top, but he had, you had to experiment somewhere. Uh, Yeah. And then you have another three. I do. I have my last one. This one was the GW paint pot. At the time. What, what, what do you, what do you mean? The little, the little water cup paint pot thing they use oh you fell for it. uh yeah at the time i was like uh someone was like you should buy it and it was new and they had it and i thought all right let's give it a try and at first i thought it was pretty rad had like a cool little agitator so you can kind of clean off some of that but the more i kept mm-hmm. using it and i mean like i'm still using it to this day because at this point i own it but i have another cup too that i just use i i, I honestly just go back to my little starbucks cup it works fine you don't you don't really need to pay the other one. You probably have an old cup that you can buy at like a Goodwill or whatever thrift a dollar store. store. Yeah, a dollar store and just just get one of those. Yeah. I mean I've seen like the scrub daddy out there and some other few things that are like a silicone based one and it's like, oh, those are super cool, but I mean they're not necessary, right? No, and it was it, um that GW one was one that I just kinda like, ah, you know, I, I kinda wish I never got this. Didn't really need it. Harder to clean, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it because of the plastic? Well, not the plastic. It's just like some of those ridges and stuff. Like, how do you get stuff in without getting real industrial tools to clean that out? Like, because with my Starbucks cup, I run that through some warm water, 
get some some stuff that cut, cuts off acrylic and it's off you know it's easy yeah you're gonna have to like brush it out with like a, a brush or something yeah exactly like i just use a sponge on my starbucks cup and it's it's done yeah so my number three was hard for me because i haven't made like a ton of thing purchases that i particularly like regret and anything that I regret, I typically just throw away. <laughs> um, I'd probably say purchasing a bad or poor hobby saw would be my my other one. Um, or purchasing something that's really pushed to you, like a Games Workshop product that is, <laughs> because it's a certain brand, thinks people think that it holds a certain amount of weight or that it's good or that it's the best product out there. And you sometimes pay a premium price for that product when in fact it might be one of the the worst ones out there. So I'd probably say like I bought an army painter hobby saw. I still use it, but I've been heavily looking for better hobby saws which I found some really ja- nice ja- Japanese ones um, that have like really nice blades. And I think it'll just be a lot easier rather than taking out this giant saw. That's like, I don't know why they're like nine inches long. It doesn't make any sense um, when you're cutting like tiny little pieces of plastic. <laughs> so like something that's like the size of like an exacto blade that just has a really nice fine blade might be something better for me. Um, I it's I guess I guess purchasing something that you that you're pushed to get would be one of mine. Yeah, from a big brand instead of getting like green stuff from just a generic green stuff manufacturer, it's the same stuff. I mean, well, it's just a putty. It's just you know, a putty. it's just plumber's putty. So you can get so much putty. for a cheaper price. Like you don't have to. Yeah, like Milliput. Yeah, Milliput. Go buy a epoxy sculpt. Yeah. Go buy epoxy sculpt. It's you can get it thirty bucks. You can get a freaking like two gallons. You, like, it's crazy. You won't run out of that anytime soon. No. How about you, G? What's your third? That was my third. You got me. You got all my three. All right. Let's move on to some tricks and tips. You want to start us off? What's one of the yeah. hobby tricks and tips you got for the boys and girls at home? Good tape job means a good paint job. You liked rhyming job if you with tape job. It, <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'm a I'm I'm a lyrical artist, my guy. Dang, you know, there's a reason why people are asking you to sing and not me. MGK, okay. watch out. Yeah, <laughs> fuck MGK. Okay, <laughs> let's not get started down let's that rabbit hole. Down there. <laughs> right, so, uh, okay, good a good tape job means a good paint job. You know, we'll go there. <laughs> uh, um, can you elaborate more on this on this tape? <laughs> Look at Giacomo drastically trying to steer us back on trap <laughs> track. Rap track. Wait, what? <sighs> a good tape job means a good paint job. What? No, I fucking, I, I'm terrible. That was terrible. bad. I like that one. All right, all right. <laughs> thanks. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, specifically for terrain, it's like I said before. Um, Tamiya is an amazing product. It's semi-transparent, so you can cut along certain lines. Um, I've gotten some really clean paint jobs, and people are like, "Oh, dude, how did you get this line? How did you do this?" It's like, bro, it took me like 10 minutes. It's not hard. Uh, that's how I do all my chevrons on all of my terrain. Um, super typically pretty easy to to just, you know, do it and 
I mean, I bought a lot. That's how I do my checkered uh, granite slash marble tiles for my bases and my terrain for my really nice stuff. It's just um, not enough people out there use tape when, you know, people like car painters use tape, right? Like they use it to get the lines crisp. They get it nice. Don't be, I mean, your hand is never going to be as steady as, as a good line of tape. So how about you, G? Well, speaking about hands, um, mine is eat before you paint. You're going to shake a lot less. Okay. Some right. some people worry they have shaky hands. Just eat something before, you know, then 30 minutes later, start painting. Um, my second one would be, don't be afraid of oil washes. Do your research before you use oils, just like varnish your models beforehand, use a synthetic brush, uh, use proper ventilation. Um, but I would not be afraid of them because I mean, look at Van Gogh painted with oil, right? And I realized that Van Gogh did not paint models. But it's such a good hobby tool. It does what contrast wants to do a million times better by getting into the cracks. The surface tension is so much thinner, it's so much lighter. It gets you can panel line so much easier, and then you can clean up and you can erase all of your mistakes as long as you varnish correctly. So there is a lot of bonuses. There's a lot of way to tint your models. Don't be afraid of oils. Give it a shot. My next one. Clean your palettes. Clean your palettes. Dry them out. Clean your palettes. They say they're antibacterial. They're not always antibacterial. Clean your palettes. Nope. I've grown some mold. Yep. Quite a few molds. Clean, clean your palettes. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, I've, I've learned the hard way in this painting journey. Clean your palettes. Uh, open it up. Let it dry out. You can put water in it again. It'll reactivate it. Just clean your palettes. Yeah. Especially out here in California, things dry out real quick. Absolutely. So people like to try and, or you're like me and you start a painting project and then you forget. And then three months later you open it. You're like, Oh, oh boy. Uh, I have a whole ecosystem mold. here. <laughs> yeah. So just because it says it's not going to grow mold doesn't mean it's not going to grow mold. Clean your palettes. Uh, clean your palettes. I like that. Um, what are some uh, hobby things that you wish you would have started sooner, G? I wish. I wish I would have started blending sooner with acrylic paints, doing more glazes. Because once I started doing that in the pandemic, picking it up again, like and actually really trying it, you see so much improvement on just things that you that that would be more mundane. Like if you just put a metallic color on a sword. Instead, you get to blend that together and make it look more shiny. And, you know, there there's some crazy experts in the field, but I feel pretty happy with what I do with my blends. So just starting that earlier, man, if I had started it when I was getting back in in 2016, well, who knows where I'd be today? See, for me, I'd probably say probably trying to buy. I still haven't done this Buy color glasses, the glasses that help you see colors. Oh man, that would make sense. The color chroma glasses. I mean, I didn't realize I was I was colorblind until I was in um, in college, right? Uh, and to this day, you know, it's like it's like either I'm the flat earther or you guys are by telling me <laughs> that there's these mythical green and 
red flakes on Cool Ranch Doritos. I don't I don't think I'd ever eat them if I saw artificial colors on these chips. I just wouldn't. Like to me they just look like tortilla chips with some tortilla chips with some uh like some you know black and brown stuff on them. But you'll sleep in pink sheets. You mean yellow sheets. Yellow sheets. <laughs> yeah, yellow sheets. See, sometimes it's better being colorblind. You just don't realize half of the things that other crazy people think, you know? So, like, who would think, who would ever want to sleep in pink sheets? You know, all people are I think red, I've ever actually, seen, right? You know, that's the, uh, but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. In my painting class, I could not make a skin tone. Uh, I could not figure out the correct colors to add to my color palette to create a correct skin tone. Um, and that's one of the keys that cued off my teacher to be like, well, you paint with a lot of primaries and why can't you make a skin color? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> my girlfriend's a very violet. Her name is not violet. Um, but like from, from that point on, like I realized that one of the reasons why I stick to, when I'm painting, I stick to a lot of recipes and I find recipes very important is that maybe I don't see everyone's skin tone, skin tone the same way everyone else does because I do have a problem seeing pinks and certain reds and browns. So maybe the way I see certain skin tones is not particularly normal. Um, that's why I find it very difficult to paint certain skin tones and I don't know what to add to certain things. So like sometimes I have to go out and buy specialty paints that are like specifically say, you know, like these, this is this skin tone, right? And there are some, some, some things out there. I just went out and bought some AK or AK interactive skin tones to, to try some stuff. But that is one thing that I'm currently, I wish I used to paint skin tones so well, and maybe like I got hit in the head in football and I just forgot how to see colors. Um, but one thing I wish that I wouldn't have done was stopped painting skin tones way back in the day um, because I was actually really, really good at it. So, um, but also GW had a really good paint line that had three specific colors in a row that you would just mix together and make a really, now it's like, uh, they have, they have a, whole a, they a whole spectrum of skin tones. It's, it's hard. Life be hard sometimes. Life be hard Colorblind sometimes. I mean, they started, they started doing more skin tones, had to become harder. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I want to paint more skin tones. I want to paint and be more inclusive. You know, I have Machete on my team. I have to represent him correctly. Those, so those I got to paint him. Yeah. 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 So um, what is something hobby related that uh, you wish you wouldn't have done? Played kill team. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, buy into. Well, OK, if we're, if we're going to go very specific. Um, buying into dust. There's there's this World War Two World War like drugs. No dust. The what game are you talking game about dust. Um, there's a game called Dust. Exa- yeah, exactly. Um, there was this game called Dust. And we and my my buddy uh, BK and I played it at Adepticon the year we went back in 2019, and it was so much fun when we played it, and then we bought the game and played it with some of our other friends who also bought it. Cause they also went to Adepticon. And then we realized, Oh, this game is whoever kills the other person's mech first wins. Cause then the other mech just rampages and wins the rest of the game. 
oh and it got very very disappointing so um you know that was that was like an investment that died fast Hmm. yeah that's that's mine how about yours buying certain kickstarters the only Kickstarter that I have bought that I do not regret is my Age of a, a Song of Ice and Fire. Um, yes, I do have to look up so I don't say Ice, Wind, and Fire every time. <laughs> I literally have to re- look up to my right and read the name of the game box uh, every time. But, you know, I bought like some Reaper Bone D&D miniatures. I bought a few other things. And now I just have a plastic pile that I could never paint in an entire lifetime. You know, maybe one of these content episodes, I'm going to be like, hey, gee, let's see how many paint uh, miniatures we can paint in 48 hours. And that's going to be like my secret way to get you, Saya, and me to paint all of our D&D minis. Um, <laughs> I mean, that would be a good way, that'd be a good way for us to do it. <laughs> <laughs> we have 24 hours. What can we do? One person constantly on the airbrush, the other two constantly painting details. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, besides the point, you know, that would that'd be um, highly manipulative of me to, to get <laughs> my pile of shame down. <laughs> I mean, I've tried that so many times with people going like, yeah, we should try to finish one unit in a week. It's very doable. Uh, and then no one does it. Is. it. You know, that's why we have this hobby challenge that I still haven't started with uh, Battle Brothers. Uh, ben, I'm still so. I'm still working on mine, man. You know, Battle Brothers. I mean, it's are fun they to put say together? Battle Brothers Ben, even though it's the wrong name, right? It's just fun to say that. Mm-hmm. I, under- yeah, well, I understand it's Battle Brothers. Battle Brothers Tabletop, Tabletop. But it's I yeah. just like saying Ben's Battle Brothers. It's more fun. Well, well there's a lot of Bens. <laughs> there's not a lot of Bens. There's a couple Bens. We just have to differentiate. His first name is Battle Brothers, and then his last <laughs> name is Ben. <laughs> And his his next last name is Tabletop, so <laughs> you know it makes it tabletop. it makes it so much easier, right? <laughs> so much easier. Gotcha. And we have like Aiden's dad is his first name Ben, and his last name is Cash, right? So like, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's there's a lot of there's some Bens out there. There's some Bens. Uh... But you know, not 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 rolling in benzos. He's just been. Yeah, I think we come to our conclusion point. I think we're right at the end, man. For those of you that stuck through the whole episode, I appreciate you guys very much for listening. Uh, go ahead and drop us a rating uh, that you'd like us. I'd like to also drop another shout out to our patrons yes. and be like, "Hey guys, appreciate you guys so much." Thanks for sticking uh, all the way you guys, Yeah, you guys make it worthwhile. Um, we have. A, we look forward to seeing you guys at our at our events coming up. You know, is there anything you want to plug, G? Yes. Well, you already said it. We have our patron. You can find our patron at, at uh, patreon.com slash squad games. You know, even the smallest tier, two dollar tier, helps us uh, run these events. Helps us make cool stuff for you guys. Do what we can. We always appreciate it. And if not, just even just uh, like Dakota said, rating us on whether you're doing it from Spotify, Apple podcasts or whatever the other million ones that we're on that always helps us makes us feel good and you can find us at squad underscore games underscore entertainment on instagram and then you can find us on uh on streaming what's our current streaming thing mr dakota i think it's luster's workshop we're looking to maybe change it to squad games uh we got to see uh, if twitch will let me change some stuff we'll have to figure so. that next time in the future 
Yeah, well, until next time, everyone. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, don't forget to uh, keep rolling dice and uh, keep keep talking to your friends. And keep talking to your friends. Till next time.